0: Read verses uh, 15 uh, down to 27. So, John chapter 14, we're going to title the message. It will be, If You Love Me, Keep My Commandments. John chapter 14, verse 15 says very simply, If You Love Me, Keep My Commandments. And uh, Jesus says, I will pray the Father, and He will give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will, I will come to you, yea, a, a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also." At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself unto him. Verse 22, Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, uh, if a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come into him, unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which he hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, yet being present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance uh, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Lord's been working me through some something. It started uh, I see Monday morning when I started uh, preparing for this message, and it's been kind of, kind of brutal, a little, a little, uh, a little painful. It's been. Um, he has made it perfectly clear that, uh, that, that 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 I don't I don't love Jesus as, as much as I say I do. Um, I don't I don't love Jesus as, as much as I give you the impression that that I do. Um, Means I've been I've been false in, in my declaration I've been I've been I've been hypocritical in in my expression of of that love. Um, I've been um, inconsistent with the application of God's word to my own life. Um, I've uh, I've confessed this sin to God and and. <coughs> repented of it but 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 I need need to confess it to you and I need to ask your forgiveness also um, I can't preach on, on on loving and obeying Jesus if I'm not loving and obeying Jesus the way I should um, so I'm asking for 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 your forgiveness and and if you if you want to hold me accountable then by all means do it um, and the reason I say that is is is, is Because loving loving obedience is it's it's, it's the supernatural response uh, to faith. Um, and I've gotten lazy in in my faith. I've, I've gotten complacent and and I've gotten I've gotten comfortable. Um, Hebrews eleven eight says by faith Abraham when he was called to go out. Into a place which uh, he should have to receive for an inheritance, obey and went out, not knowing whether he went. Um, Abraham responded to to the call. He responded by faith. And James two twenty says, "But wilt thou, O vain man, know that faith without works is dead?" Lo- lo- our our loving obedience is is in direct proportion uh, to to our faith, and. I want to focus on, on what it means to lovingly obey Christ. There's a, you know, he makes it very clear to us. If you love me, you obey my commandments. Um, love love for, for, for the Christian, um, I mean, obedience, it, it, it's, it's the outward expression of love. And, and love for us, I, I mean, it's our bottom line, Right? 1 Corinthians 13, 13, the greatest of these is love. If if we could love God and and love each other the way we should, we could fulfill the whole law. Romans 13, 10 says love is fulfilling the law. That's obedience. Uh, If you love me, keep my commandments, John 14, 15. That's that's obedience. It says down in verse 25, we read, if a man love me, he will keep my words. That's, that's, That's obedience. First John five three says, "For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments." That's that's what love for Jesus looks like. How how do we know that 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 we love love Christ? Is it is it the way that that we talk about Him to others? Is it is it by by the way that that we think about Him during the day? Maybe it's how how we sing praises and 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 love to hear His word. Um, although. I, all, all those things should be found in, in, in every believer, though the most important is love. If you love me, you'll do what I say, Jesus says. So if you have trouble obeying, it's really you have heart trouble. If, if you have trouble loving you, you have heart trouble. And, and I've, I've been suffering from some heart trouble lately. Oswald Chambers said that obedience to Jesus Christ is, is essential. It's not compulsory. He never insists on being master. He says, We feel that if only He would insist, we should obey. Or the Lord never coerces um, us. He never, he never enforces His thou shalt and thou shalt not. He, he never takes means to force us to do what he says. In certain moods, he goes on, we may wish that he would make us do the thing, but, but he will not. In other moods, we wish that he would leave us alone altogether, but he will not. If we do not keep his commandments, he does not need to come and tell us that we are wrong. We know it, he says, and we cannot get away from it. See, Jesus makes it, makes it personal. Right? He, 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 he drives it into us. And, and far too often we're sticking our nose in somebody else's relationship with God. But Jesus doesn't ask you about somebody else. His, his, his question is very personal. Do you love me? Are, are you doing the things that you should towards me? And, and to, love, to love Christ implies something. It implies that we know who he is. I say that because you can't love something that is unknown. You cannot love an unknown object. You cannot love an unknown person. You can't love something that doesn't exist. But it is possible to love something you've never seen. And that's the way it is with with Jesus. We've not seen him, but yet we know that we can love him. Something else you'll notice is that obedience obedience brings additional uh, resources to bear in the life of a believer. You notice from verse 16 that, that obedience brings fellowship with God. It brings fellowship with God and with other believers. Look at verse 16 again. It says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. You drop down to verse 23. Jesus says, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and, and, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He, he, he will live in us. In John chapter one, I'm sorry, First John chapter one, verse seven, it says, "But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, it says, "We have fellowship one with another." Now Spurgeon said, "If you desire Christ for a perpetual guest, give him all the keys of your heart. Let not one cabinet be locked up from him." Give him the range of every room and the key to every chamber. That's what it takes to have fellowship with Christ. Obedience brings, brings fellowship. Obedience brings more faith. Look, look over to verse 12 john John fourteen twelve verily verily Jesus says, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do uh, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father he says, he that believeth that is that is faith that is trusting God that is having that relationship first john five four says, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Our faith is that victory. Spurgeon goes on, says, faith and obedience are bound up in the same bundle. He that obeys God trusts God. He that trusts God obeys God. Now, I think for us to grow in our faith, we have to love Jesus more. I mean, the two just, just, just naturally go, go hand in hand. And when we obey because we love Jesus, we have fellowship, we have faith, and, and obedience brings even more expressed love. Look at verse 21 again. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. See? More expression of love. It also brings light. It brings understanding. Verse 21, God says he will manifest himself to us. Jesus will become more real to us. Verse 26 says that he will teach us all things, everything we need. I mean, we will know more of the Father by us lovingly obeying him. Samuel D. Gordon said, Obedience is the eye of the Spirit. Failure to obey dims and dulls the spiritual understanding. Maybe you wonder why you don't understand the word of God when you read it. Maybe it doesn't make sense to you like you think it should. Well, the first question to ask then, am I lovingly obeying the stuff I know I'm supposed to do? Maybe that's what's holding you back from understanding. Verse 27 tells us that when we obey, it brings peace. Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Then he says once again, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. When we love him and we obey him, there is peace. The world can be falling apart around us, but there will be peace when we love him and we obey him obedience also brings protection jump over to 30 and 31 chapter no 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 chapter 14 verses 30 and 31 says hereafter i will not talk much with you for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me but that the world may know that i love the father and as the father gave me commandment even so do i arise let us go thence why why did the devil have nothing in jesus According to John chapter 8 verse 29 Jesus says I and that's Jesus talking do always those things that please him that's that's the father so Jesus says I always do what pleases my father that's how the devil has nothing in him but unfortunately we don't always do the will of the father our sin gives place. It gives, it gives ground to the devil, according to Ephesians 4.27. And when we, when we disobey, when we are not obedient, when we do not love him as we should, we open the door for the enemy to come in and set up shop and do his wickedness in us. We forfeit the protection See, God's laws, Jesus' commandments, his, his teachings, they're, they're given for, for our protection. They're given for, 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 for our, our, our provision. Now, nobody would ever do this, but just humor me as I use an extreme example to make a point. All right, If you had to cross a field full of mines, okay, if you had to cross a minefield, if somebody you knew were there, they, they knew where every single one of those mines were, and they offered to guide you through that minefield, would you reject their help? No. You would stay as close to them as you possibly could. Because you want to get through that minefield by avoiding the mines. Now nobody's ever going to cross a minefield here, okay? But, but you understand what I'm saying. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 24 says that the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear our fear the Lord our God for our good always. Right? We, we obey them for our good always, and it says that He might preserve us. But not just preserve us, it says to preserve us alive. Protection comes because of our obedience something else we'll see from verse 12 of john 14 is that obedience sets the stage for god to work and to work more see it says in in verse 12 that we'll do greater works i have a hard time understanding that the commentaries will skim over because they don't really get it either it's hard to find somebody that can explain that well but let's remember that, that Jesus was on his way to the cross. Uh, I mean, very shortly, he's going to be in the garden. He's going to be betrayed. He's going to be arrested. Uh, Peter's going to deny him at the trial. He's going to go to the cross. He's going to hang there. He's going to die. Right? He's, this is right before that. See, his his obedience opened the door. It provided the means for our own salvation. Luke 24, verse 26 says, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things to enter into his glory? I mean, he had to do this. He opened the door uh, for the Spirit of God, God the Holy Spirit, to come and to indwell us. Look over chapter 16. John chapter 16, look at verse 7. It says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient, or it is necessary, it is needful for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. He had to go so that we could get the Holy Spirit. A.T. Robertson says this about verse 15. Says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And then he goes on, and I will pray the Father. There's a connection that that is made here. And, and the connection seems designed to teach that, that the proper temple for the indwelling spirit of Christ, for God the Holy Spirit, the proper temple uh, is, 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 is a heart that's filled with that love to Christ which lives actively for Christ. And and he goes on, and so this was the fitting preparation for the promised gift. The temple that is best suited to house God the Holy Spirit is, is that temple that both loves Christ and obeys Christ. Now notice that we don't read, if you love me, perform some extraordinary act. It doesn't say that. So, you know, hermits and and nuns and monks, the overly religious, they don't find any justification here for their activity. Christ does not give impossible commands. Anything he commands us to do, he gives us the ability to do. And he just says, if you love me, just, just live for me. If you love me, just obey my commands the greatest work God's God's greatest work is to reveal himself first of all okay his first work is to reveal himself to you and then to reveal himself through you as you lovingly obey Philippians 2 13 says for this uh for this is for it is God which worketh in you for god's working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure which means that he gives you both the desire to obey and the ability to obey him if you have any desire at all to obey christ that comes from christ and any ability you have to obey that also comes from christ John 14 21 again says he that hath my commandments and keepeth them he it is that loveth me and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself. God will become more real to you than you could possibly imagine him being real to you but it comes through love and obedience not some mystical spiritual experience. Not, not some warm fuzzy you get by listening to some guy on the radio. It comes from lovingly obeying him. Have you ever seen one of those older married couples who after years of marriage begin to look alike, begin to act alike, finish each other's sentences, communicate without even using words? Words. It's the same in our relationship with Christ. The more we love Jesus, the more time we spend with him, and the more we become like him. See, verse 15, it says, if you love me, that's a third class condition. It means if you keep on loving me, and it's likely you probably will. There, there's some hope built into this. There's, there's some anticipation built into this. Jesus is anticipating your obedience. It says, if you do, keep my commandments. Now what that tells us, is that continued love prevents disobedience. I want to say that again so you can write it down because that's, that's important. Continued love prevents disobedience. See, if I love my wife, I will not purposely do what I know will hurt her or irritate her. Unless I just want to pick at her a little bit, but that's a different set of rules, okay? I mean, I do enough of those without even trying, so, you know, but I'm not going to purposely do those if I love her. My love for her makes me want to do as few of those as I possibly can. And my love for Jesus makes me want to obey him, and if I'm not wanting to obey him, it's because I do not love him and there is no other way or excuse that we can that we, that we can approach that notice this practical process here as we try as we seek to develop that personal devotional life growing in love with God through time in his word and time in his presence and that time in his word is you know bible study and meditation and and you know just just bible reading time in his presence that is that is prayer just just talking to him this is what we forget is that time is life all right your life is measured by time so it's your life you you spend your life in his word and you spend your life in his presence And as you do that, God reveals his will through his precepts and and, and through prayer and through his people and, and through the providential situations. And then we adjust our wills to his as we learn that will because we've learned the word of God. We begin to obey him now that we've learned his will from his word. And then he accomplishes his will through us because we obeyed the will that we learned. And we're encouraged and and we get to know God by experience and we grow in our love for him because we've gotten to know him even better and the process repeats itself and we grow and then we grow again because it's repeated and again because it's repeated. But you know at any point we can back out and interrupt God's plan for us because we fail to love him and we fail to obey him. Jesus said in Matthew 22:37 37 that the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with everything you have. Now, this is the first and greatest commandment because if you love God the way you should, you'll treat your neighbors, you'll treat yourself the way you should. If you love God, you will want to do what he asks you to do. And because God is all all-loving, His will is always the best for us. Because God is, is, is all-knowing, His will is always right. We don't have to question that. Because God is all-powerful, He will enable us, again, He will enable us to obey His will. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If we love Him, we will read about Him. It's the starting point to become that, that, that daily, consistent Bible reader. If you love Jesus, then, then you'll have no trouble with, 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 with daily devotions and daily quiet times and, and, and you know, having Bible studies and just reading His word. They're the logical result uh, that come from somebody that you're in love with is learning all you can about them. i I know the excuse. I mean, this is my job, and I'll tell you it is so easy, and I've been so guilty. oh well, God, you know i'm going to be sitting in my office in the dark with my little desk lamp on so I can focus and i'm going to be studying for a sermon all week long. Won't that be enough? I mean. I got so much going on, I'm busy, you know, won't won't that be enough time, you know, and it's not. Studying for a sermon is poor excuse for 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 that devotional level time with my Jesus. It doesn't it doesn't cut it. See if you love him, you'll enjoy hearing about him. And this is, this is the, the secret to you know, church attendance, really. If you, if you really love Jesus, you would enjoy coming out to hear about him. Now, I know people get sick, and if you're sick, stay home. We don't want your crud, okay? Honestly, Jesus knows you love him. Don't spread that around, okay? We understand that if the roads are bad, Jesus knows we love him. We don't have to put our lives in danger necessarily. But then there's the other side of that, that, you know, we, we do have a Sunday school hour from, you know, 10 to 10.45. We do have a Wednesday night prayer meeting from 7 to 8. And, and you know, maybe you'd enjoy hearing a little more about Jesus. If you love him, you'll enjoy talking to him. You know, prayer is just talking to God. And if we love him, we'll, we'll just sit down and we'll talk with him even, even, even more often. We'll tell him about, about the burdens that we're carrying. We'll, we'll talk our plans over with him. We'll, we'll let him know what we're afraid of. We'll let him know the anxiety that's been weighing on us. He, 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 he loves to hear from us. It doesn't have to be formal. You just talk to him. And then your prayers will change. You'll begin to focus more on the things that concern him and less on the things that concern you. You'll begin to pray for his kingdom and his workers and his church. You'll begin to pray without ceasing because you'll understand that he's always with you. And and instead of talking to yourself, you talk to your Savior. Then you'll adore him. See, that's the secret to worship. Worship isn't about an order of service. Worship isn't about the type of music. Worship is 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 the giving of yourself to God in 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 recognition of His worth. And if you love Christ, then you will give yourself to Him. You will worship Him. You will recognize His worth and His value. But an extension of that is that I don't really believe that. Worship and evangelism have to go hand in hand. You can't be evangelistic if you do not love and worship God. And if you love and worship God, you will have to be evangelistic. Your your worship will naturally lead to evangelism. You will want to share what you're experiencing. You will want to share what Jesus is doing in you. You will want everyone to know Jesus the way you want to know him, and the way that you have known him, and the way that you're getting to know him. You want everyone to experience that. It'll lead you to do more for him. Because when you serve out of a heart of love, then you will discharge that duty. You'll discharge that responsibility with joy. It'll be a joy to serve him. It'll be a joy to pray to him. It'll be a joy to spend time with him. I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 2. Just head to the back of your Bible there a little bit. Find First John chapter 2. When you find First John chapter 2, I want you to find verse 3. Just kind of put your finger on verse 3 for just a sec. I want to give you a homework assignment. I want you to spend time this week meditating on these verses. 3, 4, 5, and 6. Now to meditate means to chew on. You don't clear your mind. You never clear your mind. You always put the word of God in your mind. So you chew on these verses. Look at what they say. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word. In him verily is is the love of God perfected or, or completed, we could say. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Now you spend the week chewing on that, meditating on those. And then ask yourself some questions. The first one is, what is the evidence that I have truly come to know God? What is the evidence that I truly have a relationship with Christ? Another question you can ask is, what is the clear evidence that I do not have that relationship with Christ? Or that that relationship isn't what it should be? The third question is, what does God do in the life of those that obey his word? What does God do in the life of those that obey his word? See uh, A supreme love for Christ is going to settle a lot of questions you have about your life. It's going to settle questions concerning living for and loving and obeying Christ. It's going to settle questions about whether or not you should read his word. It'll, it'll, it'll settle questions about whether you should fellowship with believers. It'll settle questions about how you serve him and where you serve him and what capacity you serve him. Jesus said in John fourteen fifteen. See, it's not even a question. I mean, it's not like he asked Peter, "If you love me, you know, Peter, do you love me?" Yes. Well, if feed you know. No, it, it, he's he makes a statement. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, Jesus says. Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus as much as you say you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus as much as you give the impression that you love Jesus? That's between you and Jesus. And I encourage you to check it out. Examine yourselves. Let the Holy Spirit just kind of take your life apart. Because if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. You stand with your heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we come to you this morning, um, entirely insufficient for the cause. Mm-hmm. But we thank you for your spirits indwelling us. We thank you for his conviction. And that even in the in the in the discomfort, Lord, there is peace and there is security. Father, I pray that you would examine our hearts, and that you would expose the sin that would uh, that would stifle our relationship with you. And I pray, Father, that we would be strong enough to confess and repent of that sin so that not only could we could we say that we love Jesus but that we could show that we love him not for any attention for ourselves but all Father for your glory your Lord work in us so that we are both lovers and obeyers of our Savior. Just do that in us, please, Lord. If nothing else, just do that. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. And Mike, would you come ahead?